boom yo 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 what is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the earn your good day podcast where we have a fundamental belief that people are stronger more resilient and far more capable of things than they believe in or have ever been told before i'm your host the man the myth the legend the dietitian the iron man the personal trainer the one and only zach hanade <laughs> I still have too much fun when I do that every time. Anyways, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. It means the world to me that you guys are listening in. And on this episode that you guys are watching it, because we do have both. We are doing a video recording. So if you're on the audio feed like we normally do, you may want to switch over to the video feed. It'll be uploaded on Spotify. Uh, You guys can watch it there because today we're actually going to be doing drawing demonstrations to explain our topic and you guys will understand here in just a minute now before i get into that as always i do have a couple asks for you guys so if this episode is highly valuable it's thought-provoking it's interesting it's hell if it's funny it makes you laugh you just gotta have a different perspective or you gotta use your brain more than you normally do and you just frankly don't think it's a waste of time and it could help you or somebody else out i ask you to do one of two things okay Number one is that you start utilizing this information ASAP as soon as possible. And I mean that by literally as soon as I'm done talking, as soon as I say, earn you good day, peace, you guys are like, boom, how do I use this right now? And I'm going to tell you how. Uh, So I'll tell you how to do that. But the second one is if you're like, Zach, I'm already kicking ass in this area. Like, thank you. Like, it was a great episode, but I'm doing it already or even if you you're not doing it and you start doing it you can also do this it's not one or the or you could be an and i'm gonna ask that you share this episode with somebody who you think it would benefit okay maybe that's somebody who's trying to better their life they're trying to get in shape they're trying to improve their nutrition you they're just interested in today's topic um whatever it may be share the show and when you do that you're actually going to be helping us accomplish the mission of the podcast which is to build a community of like-minded individuals who are trying to solve the world's problems by first becoming the best version of themselves. All right, so the more you guys share the show, the bigger the community grows, the more people are trying to become better versions of themselves. And by consequence of you sharing the show, the more problems we're going to solve. And really that starts with your and I problems. If I can't solve my own problems, if you can't solve your problems, there's no way we're going to be qualified or even skilled enough to solve the problems of our communities, our families, and let alone the country and the world. So we first have to solve our problems and get really good in our own lives. And then we can actually become much more effective in the community and the community at large and ideally eventually the world, right? That would be the best thing. So guys, those are the two asks. If you find the show valuable and interesting, I ask that you do one or both of those things. Uh, but if you don't, if you're like, Zach, this is a terrible show, don't share it. Uh, in fact, then I would ask you to do something else. And that would be to leave me a comment or send me an email at psychedupfitness at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a DM at Kanadi underscore fit at C-O-N-A-T-I underscore F-I-T on Instagram. Um, send me a message and tell me why it was trash. Like what you think I could have done better to improve because guys, I really am trying to give you guys the best product I can, the best services, the best knowledge. I put a lot of time and energy into this podcast 
And so if it's not hitting the mark and you guys have some ideas as to how I could help it hit the mark, please, by all means, let me know. I am not going to be offended. In fact, I'll probably say thank you. Um, I've actually done a whole episode on somebody who called me out on that. So I'm like I said, guys, I'm not afraid of it. In fact, I want it because criticism is only bad if you are too much of a pussy to take it that way. Um, and I'm it. Sometimes I am, but for this, I don't think I will be. And that's that. Now, I do have a quick announcement for you guys this next week. All right. Uh, so the week before Thanksgiving, we're going to be doing another ver episode of Chats with Zach. My boy Murph Orton or Murph.D Studios is going to be coming back on the show, guys. He's got a big art show here in the Twin Cities that we're going to be talking about. Um, I'm not going to give you guys any more information other than that and that I'm actually interviewing him tomorrow which I'm really excited about. And that episode will be released next week. So if you guys are followers of the show, you especially if you live in the Twin Cities area, listen to that show, listen to next week's show. You guys won't regret it. In fact, uh, there's going to be free champagne and baked goods. Champagne, if you're of legal age, uh, there will be a bouncer there and your boy will be pouring it because I'm helping my guy out. So Listen in to next week's episode if you guys want to learn about that. You're looking for something to do. Uh, there will be art for sale. It's a whole art show. It's going to be freaking phenomenal. And if you guys didn't know, Murph has had his art at the Met Gala. So he is not like some nobody. Uh, he is actually somebody who's made it to pretty cool places. Like his work was at the Met Gala and every single person there Um saw his art and actually used it. Uh, I'll let him tell a little bit of that story. Or you guys can go ahead and listen to episode 12 on the audio feed to his first episode that he was on. And you guys can hear about that story for yourselves. <clears throat> now, let's continue on to today. So the last couple of weeks, we've been on a series. All right. So the first one that we talked about was where are we going the rest of the year? And I kind of laid out that we're going to talk about bulking. And then we're going to be talking about some energy metabolism, some digestion absorption, which was last week. Uh, and this week, we are on the flip side of that, which is energy metabolism. So how do we take all that food that we ate and we stored last week, and how do we actually turn it into energy? Now, this one, we're going to be a little bit more specific with. We're not going to cover all the macronutrients. Uh, we'll be covering fats next uh, when we talk about fasting or excuse me, not fasting, fat loss, excuse me, we'll be doing, um, uh, wow, lipolysis, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, <laughs> and uh, so we'll be talking about that when we do the fat loss episode, and so, because that'll make a lot more sense, and it kind of goes a lot with it. Today, we're simply going to be talking about carbohydrates, and we're actually going to be doing a multi-part video episode, so this will all be in one episode but it'll kind of play out in stages. So it's not just going to be one big, um, I guess I'm not just going to be sitting up here drawing for however long it's going to take me to do that. So we'll be doing over each part because there's going to be three parts. The first one is going to be glycolysis, right? Uh, the second one is going to be the Krebs or the TCA or the citric acid cycle, whichever one you want to call it. And the last third part is going to be the electron transport chain. And the reason why we're only doing carbs today is because a glucose is the main fuel source of every single cell in your body. I don't care if you're keto, fat adapted, 
carnivore, whatever, or if you're the average American pig pie, right, or you're a power lifter or whatever, most of your cells, when they get energy, it comes in one way, shape, or form, whether it's what you eat or your body makes on its own, is glucose, okay? And this way, it shows us the variety and the depths of the processes that your body goes through to take glucose and turn it into ATP or which is adenosine triphosphate. It's a high energy molecule that we use and it's called our energy currency. So this is the actual molecule that goes into our cells and is basically exchanged for our cells to do work. So if you're doing a bicep curl, you have lots of ATP that's telling your bicep to contract. If you're doing a push down, same thing with the tricep, a squat, you have it in your leg muscles. Um, even if you're trying to digest food like we did last week, all of those enzymes and all of those muscular contractions and peristalsis, those require ATP. So not only do we have to ingest it, but then we have to take that food and turn it into ATP. And that's what we're talking about today. All right. So this first step that we're going to talk about is glycolysis. And I actually got a handy dandy whiteboard here. Let's see, this is going to be interesting as to how we do this. So we got the new mic stand, so it's, which is pretty freaking cool, I think. We're going to change the can. Ah, look at that. Look at that. Okay. So um, what are we talking about, right? Like what's going on in this spot? So as you guys can see over here, we have a little blood vessel and we got this guy, which is glucose okay i'm gonna write it like that i'm gonna have to write a little bit small and i happen to be uh, a master at chicken scratch so not only are you guys gonna stimulate your brain uh because we're gonna be learning but also you guys are gonna stimulate it because you're trying to decipher what i write on this board we're gonna have a blast now where did we even before we even start where did we get this glyco glucose okay what we're gonna start is we have this molecule called glycogen, which is really just like the storage form of glucose. And what I'm drawing here pretty much is just a whole bunch of branched arms uh, that look like glucose. And every little turn in this, right? So this one, that one, this one, that one, this one, this one, right? All of these little dots are molecules of glucose, okay? And now normally glucose looks like this and we go like that, like that, like that, like that. And then there's a little boom dealio bob there, right? Like that's a pretty poor drawing. Of it's not quite like that, but that's pretty, that's close enough. Um, it's in a hexagon for simplicity's sake. We're just basically going to break that bond and we're going to write it just like this here. Okay. So if you guys can't see or can't dif distinguish this, one, two, three, four, five, six carbons because we have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six carbons here. Okay. So I'm going to erase all this because we don't need it right now. And normally when we eat, right, we have all the glucose is in our blood cells like this. And for it to go from here into that molecule of glycogen, we normally need insulin. Okay. And insulin is going to be in our uh, liver, which is the cell type we're going to be talking about today or in our muscle. All right. So, but those two cells need insulin in order to store it. So then once we get it, we have glucagon, 
which is glucose gone. So that insulin forms glycogen, right? Which is that an or animal form of starch. Glucagon breaks it up. So we had our bodies like, yo, we need some energy and we need it in the liver. Glucagon, come on down. We're going to break this thing off. So we now we got glucose here. And what we're going to do is we actually have this special receptor to get into our liver cell. And so I, this is a pretty poor drawing of a blood cell. He's a little derpy there. That's all right. But we're going to have glucose and he needs a special door because like I said, most of our cells, glucose can't just get through. And in fact, there's very few molecules that can just get through your cell. You have to have something to get it through. And so for glucose, it is not only is it charged, but it's also a really big molecule and our cell membranes, which are two layers, they're called phospholipid, uh, bi or biphospholipid membranes. Anyways, it's basically, it's two layers of phospholipids, uh, and phospholipid bilayer. Wow. We were having brain farts today. Um, anyways, it doesn't like big or charged things. So phospholipids are fat, right? Oil and water don't mix and water is charged at a basic level. It's only slightly but so is glucose. And not only is glucose charged, but it's really big. So it needs this special door. And we could go over like the mnemonics, but for the liver cell, what we're going to do is we're going to go through GLUT4, uh, which is the door for glucose here. Actually, excuse me, this would be not GLUT4. This would be GLUT2. GLUT4 is in your muscles and your fat. Oh, wrong color again. Oh, well, don't really matter. We got all the colors here. We got eight of them because I'm a badass and got double-sided markers. I'm going to be right back. All right, and we're back. Thank you for the commercial break. <clears throat> so what we're going to do is glucose is in the cell. There's going to be other glucoses here, right? We'll go like that. Boom, 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 boom. You guys can see it. So there's high concentration in the blood. And as you guys can see, this one is pretty much open. Like there's not a whole lot there. So we're going to pick this glucose and he's going to travel out to the blood cell and into the actual cell. And we're in what's called the cytoplasm. So just so you guys know, uh, we're going to draw the uh, mitochondria over there. So that's the mitochondria. This is the mitochondrial outer membrane, the inner mitochondrial space. And then the mitochondrial matrix is this space in here. But we'll get to that later, especially in part two. I just want to give you guys reference. So right now we are in the cytoplasm. And this is a anaerobic environment, just meaning that there's no oxygen present. All right. So when we do this, the first thing we got to do is our, is our body is like, well, I spent all this work to get this sugar. And then I spent some even more work to get it into the blood and now into the cell. I don't want to lose it, right? And so this is like a free door. So he can come in and come out, but our body is going to be real stingy and he is going to add a tag onto it. And that tag is going to be a phosphorus, okay? Now, how do we get that phosphate group? Well, what we did is we actually took some energy and we spent it. So, oop. and I want you guys to remember our body, we've talked about this in other episodes, uh, but our body is really stingy with its energy and it really hates to spend it on things it doesn't have to, 
right? So we're going to burn one ATP molecule and we're going to take that phosphate that we broke off and we're going to add it here. Now, what is actually going on when we do this? So when we have ATP, right, it looks like this. There's... Sorry, Mr. Fly, but you got to die. Yep. Just smash the fly. Don't you guys worry about it, okay? He's going to interrupt. Um, and it has these three phosphates attached to it. All right, and it kind of looks like this, a little bit different. It's called a tetrahedron. You guys don't really care that much. So what we're doing, though, to release energy, because that's what this is. This is considered a high-energy molecule. So this has a lot of potential energy in it, and they're all stored up in these bonds. And we're going to draw them squiggly just so that you guys can see how excited they are. But when we're doing this, we are actually going to, boom, break that bond, and we're going to get rid of that phosphate group. Okay, and now this bond, when we broke it, there's an enzyme here called hexokinase. We're not going to write it. Actually, I will. Uh, for this one. Most of these today, guys, the enzymes, I'm not going to worry about because you don't need to know them. We're going to focus on a couple important steps. All right. Um, and it breaks. And then the breakage of that is actually the release of energy that we need in order to take that phosphate from here and put on the lower energy glucose right here. And all this does is it keeps it from being able to go back. So now it's stuck in there because that phosphate is now too big to get back through this door. All right. So we can erase this now. So we're all done with that. And the next step that we have is we're just going to pretty much rearrange this. All right. So this is glucose 6P. And this one is, I'll write it down here, uh, fructose 6P. All right, and so that basically what we're talking about here, where is the six and what's the P? So this is glucose, this is fructose. You're like, Zach, they're both six square like circles. What are you talking about? Um, I'll tell you that in a second. But the P is just denoted as to which carbon the phosphate, phosphate is on. So this top one is one. Let me go down two, three, four, five. And finally, we're at six. The phosphate is on the sixth carbon. So it is fructose six phosphate. Now, how do we get here? right? What do we do? Well, basically we uh, just added and subtracted some stuff. Like we changed out what it looks like. So when I drew the circle, we just pretty much just changed out what it looks like. It's some water and stuff uh, coming in and coming out. You know, it's nothing like crazy. We're still, the most important thing is we're still at six carbons. Okay. Because next we are actually, again, going to burn some more energy. And we're going to now go one, two, three, four, six. And we're going to have a P up here and a P down here. And again, like I said, guys, we know our body does not like spending excess energy. So why are we already <clears throat> in only three steps have we paid money twice? So this whole process, I thought, is about making money, right? Why are we paying so much money? Well, at this point, the first step, we paid it so that we couldn't lose our product, okay? Glucose is the product, and we need to pay it. Now, this one is actually so we can start to get energy. 
because these phosphate groups are charged. If we were to look at this, it's PO4, negative three. Okay, that's what the charge of this is, is negative three. What that means is that this phosphate has three extra electrons. And electrons are negative, protons are positive, and neutrons are, well, neutral, just like you they sound. So being this phosphate is negatively charged, it's pulling this way. And this one is also negatively charged, so it's pulling that way as well. Right, so now they're trying to split from each other, and that's actually exactly what they're going to do. Now, before we move on, I should probably tell you guys the name of this. We're going to have to go like this so I can write it a little bit better for you. Fructose 1, 6, bis, phosphate. Okay. Before I move on, because there's the next step is very important. Why this name? right? Why is it 1,6 and why is it bisphosphate? So it's fructose. That's what the structure of this means. That's just the orientation of the carbons. 1,6 is denoting that there is a phosphate on the one and the sixth carbon of it. <clears throat> and normally in science, bi means two, uh, but that would mean that they're next to each other. So that would be if, that would be like if we erased this one, and put another phosphate here, okay? Then that would be fructose 1,6-bi-phosphate. But that's not where it is, is it? It's opposite of it. It's one, or it'd be fructose 6-bi-phosphate is what it would be if it was here, but it's not, it's up here. So it's fructose 1,6-bis-phosphate. And all that means is that the two groups that we're talking about, this phosphate here is <clears throat> far apart from each other, all right? And what this is going to do is you guys can see there's this division that's being created here. All right. And then what's going to happen is this is oh, wrong color. It's my first lecture video guys doing a uh, markers live. I wouldn't normally do this, but we're trying something out. So now we have one, two, three, and one, two, three. And what we found out is that... <clears throat> This is what happens. So pretty much like to make it easy for you guys, this top one went down here. This bottom one went up here. And this bottom one has a very interesting name. It's called D-H-A-P. Uh, isn't that great handwriting? Um, and this one is G-3-P. We're going to move where that's written because I don't like it. We're going to go up here, uh, G3P. All right. And then what we're going to do, you guys can still see, is we're going to draw, uh, these ones need arrows. Like I said, guys, first time, so bear with me. We're going to go like this. And if you guys noticed, we have a couple, couple things here, right? So where are these arrows placed? Well, on this step, it's going forward. And what that means is this can't go back. But this one, the arrow's going both directions. Ooh, microphone. Can't be doing that to me, buddy. You got to stay where you're supposed to be, all right? Which is right here. This one can go back and forth. And that we know that because the arrow's on both sides. This is what's called a reversible reaction, okay? This one, however, is not reversible. I don't want you guys to think it is. Uh, and that is because we are adding a phosphate here. So that means it's going to be very hard for it to 
come back and it actually can't or spending energy. So we can't just be like, ah, let me rip this away from you. Microphone, I need you to listen to me, okay? I know you're new here, but actually, microphone, you're fine. Mr. Stand, I need you to listen to me, okay? Thank you, sir. Uh, and then we're going to split it. So this step is also not severable because it's going to take some energy, even though we're not showing it. You better listen to me. All right. Um, in here. But what is important is these arrows right here. Now, if you guys notice from DHAP up to G3P, and this is uh, glycerol 3-phosphate. This one has a really long name. I don't want to say right now. Um, <clears throat> there's a bigger arrow from DHAP up to G3P. And there's a little arrow going down from G3P to DHAP. Basically, what that means is these two are going to be in some form of a balance. All right. Again, our body likes balance. So same here. There's a lot of glucose in the bloodstream. And so we pulled it into the cell going through the door. Well, these two, they're going to split evenly, but this one, his road is done. All right. DHAP, your road is done, buddy. I'm sorry. But what is going to happen is G3P is going to move on. And actually we are going to add in, let me get my collars back. We're going to add in some inorganic phosphate, and we're going to introduce something new. All right, I'm going to turn it again so I can write just a little bit less shitty. Okay, so I got that down, and we're going to draw it here, and so we're going to go like boom, 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 and then we're going to go this color we're gonna go bang bang okay my mat sliding there we go all right you guys can see it again and we're looking pretty now what is this this is nad plus and it's going to nadh all right so boom just like that well what we're doing here and then oh we also added another phosphate to this group so now this is one three uh bis phosphoglycerate okay now this again is a really big name for relatively a pretty small molecule but this is very important because what we're doing is we're actually at making this energy more right it's going higher and as you guys notice we can't really go back here this is what's called an irreversible reaction so this is the next one but what is this thing up here nad to plus to nadh well nadh is actually what's called an energy intermediary and an electron acceptor so really what we did was we just stole some electrons uh and some hydrogen ions from g3p and we put them onto uh, this molecule, 1,3-bisphosphoglycerate. Now, really, what's going on here? Okay, so we have NAD+, and we're going to turn it into NADH. Well, we have a couple things. One, we have a plus here, which means we're lacking electrons, right? And two, we have an H here. Well, where the heck did this come from? Well, so most of the time when we see hydrogen, it's going to be denoted like that, H2. Well, what does that actually look like? So hydrogen ion is a plus 
and then it's going to have two electrons. And we can imagine it's like this. So these electrons are sharing these two protons. Okay, so they're kind of forming what's called an electron cloud. And they're not really in any one space or anything. They're just going to be, right, floating around, doing their thing, um, and whatnot. Now, NAD, NAD plus is going to take these, and he's actually going to steal not one half of it, but one electron and both or one proton in both electrons. And he's just going to be left with this. So really an accurate way to write this would be plus H plus. Okay. And that's because that's what this is. That So now we have NADH plus one hydrogen ion or a hydride ion. You can also call this. And now this is means, what is this? What does this look like if you ever took chemistry class? An acid, right? So Every time we do this, and we're going to see this coming up in the future quite often, this is going to be a very important molecule going forward. It means that this is going to make the environment just a little bit more acidic, okay? And that is quite important here, all right? So let's move on from that. Uh, so you guys know this is kind of our little writing space. This is a good setup. What do you guys think? The whole little visual dealio, Bob? I think it's really cool. So now we have this. We're at 1,3-bis-phosphoglycerate. I know, such a freaking mouthful. And we're going to come up, and we're going to go uh, 1, 2, 3, and the peak. Microphone is supposed to stay up, my friend. Yeah, fix you in there, big guy. Yeah, let's fix this thing here in a second. That's all right, folks. Oh, now you're right up in my face. You make not the greatest sound quality. There we go. That's a little bit better. Uh, where do we got it? Where do we got? It? Where do we got? It? We got it. ah three. So oh, wrong color again. Here we go. Okay, we're gonna go P. And now, now we're just at three phosphoglycerate. Okay, but we did something quite important here is we actually if you guys notice we lost one of our phosphate groups here so how do we do that well we took a dp and we turned it into a tp and so we are now up one molecule of atp but in fact are we really up one because if you guys retrace back a couple steps to here we split it so now everything from this step on isn't is happening two times, not just one. So we actually created two NADH and we just created two ATP. All right. And then we're going to come up here again and we're going to change this again. We're now we're just starting to change the shape of it in this step uh, because now instead of three phosphoglycerate, now we're just two phosphoglycerate okay and that becomes an important step because now we're kind of just changing the shape of it we're not actually doing a whole lot to it but again the reaction is continuing on and you guys will see why we're doing this because as the shape changes uh now we're going to change it into something completely different 
let's see. We can go with a dark green here, I think. Oh. And then we'll go with this P again. Now we're going to turn it into this right here. And I know it kind of looks like a dick. Get your head out of the gutter. I was like, this is really just a bad drawing. And whoever decide, designed chemistry this way wanted somebody to think about this. And maybe you don't, but like, maybe my head's just in the gutter. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. If you guys aren't watching on a video, just forget about the last 30 seconds in my comments about what this molecule looks like. Uh, but there's not really another way to do it. It's just... Anyways, anyways, anyways. Okay. This is phosphoenol pyruvate. Okay. And we're going to call it, it's shortened to PEP. All right. And we are at the last step before we are at the final end product of this reaction. Okay. And this one, we've taken a lot of steps here. And I want you guys to notice. We've created, uh, so we spent one, two ATP. Uh, we created two here. And then we also have created two NADH. Okay, so ATP, boom, that can be used for work right away. But NADH, this guy is going to have a very important job here pretty soon. Um, and that will be talked about in the part two of this video series. So I want you guys to hold on to that. Excuse me. But this guy... We're not quite yet. We're not quite there yet. All right. We're really, really close. But if you guys notice, it's pretty much just the same shape as this. But all we did was we added this oxygen to it. All right. And now we have to get rid of this phosphate and this oxygen. So what are we going to do? So our last step is we're going to create, boom, pyruvate right there. But how we're going to do that is actually we have to strip this off. So we're going to take our ADP again. And again, remember, we spent two ADP here. So what do we do? We have some from here and some from this reaction. So we use those up there. But there's other reactions going on in the body that we can get ADP in. And we're now going to create ATP. Okay. And now this, this is the final product. This is everything we've been coming here for this is the whole reason why we're doing glycolysis is so that we can get this reaction right here to this molecule and we went through nine steps right so we did one two three four five six seven eight and nine different reactions just to get from six carbons down to one two three carbons and if you also notice we created a couple things as well uh so we created not only do we, so for ATP, right? That's the main thing we're after for this. We were negative two, right? Because we spent some here, one, two. But then after we split, right, we formed two here and two here. So then we're positive four for a net result of positive two ATP. Now these ATP, we can go use for just about anything we want. All right. So they can be used to create other reactions. Maybe these two positives are going to be used to break down another two, right? Um, it We could do it really whatever we want. But also we created this thing right here and we created two of them. And that is NADH. 
and you create two of these. And this molecule is going to be very, very, very important. All right, so we could come up, and what you'll find is that this one is going to be playing roles, and we're going to create a lot more of this and its cousin, FADH2. All right, I'm going to tell you guys about that in part two, which will be coming up right after this. Now, before we get into that, guys, I don't know if you guys remember, but we created some hydrogen in a couple places, namely right with this NADH. All right. And I said, I told you guys that this was a very important reaction. Now, this is the final end product of glycolysis, right? Which is anaerobic, anaerobic glycolysis specifically. And that's because there's no oxygen being involved. It's not an ingredient in anything. Um, and so we're not using it. So this is what we're going to be using this process. If you sprint or if you're doing a couple heavier reps in the gym, you're working really fast or, you know, you got to hop out the way real quick. This is the energy system your body's going to be using with. And this is the primary energy system that we use during the first zero to 30 seconds of work primarily. Okay. Once this guy, now some people argue that this guy, the end actual end product of glycolysis is lactate. Um, I would disagree with that. That's generally a different cycle because this now has to go out of the cell into somewhere else, especially if we're not talking about the liver. So let's say we're talking about the kidney or the muscles or something like that. Um, but lactate is very important because it is also a three carbon molecule. And if this was lactate, it would come out of the cell, right? It would come back into the blood and then it would normally travel back into the liver. So let's just say this is the kidneys, for example, right? Right, let's say we're working in the kidneys and not the liver. So this pyruvate was formed in the kidneys, went into the blood, it came into the liver. What it would do then is it actually would take all these hydrogens, right, that we formed up here, and it would start to mop them up. And it would change the structure. It would still be three carbons long, right? It'd still be one, two, three. But we would change up all this stuff around here. And then we would call it lactate. Okay. And then lactate can do something really cool. And if we take two lactates, so let's say times two, we can actually come back and form what we started, which is glucose. So when people talk about, oh, you know, and you're exercising, you're like, oh, it's a lactic burn, it's a lactic acid, it build up. It's not actually lactic acid. That's the acid that they're talking about. Really, it's this hydrogen right here that's building up. So when you're building up a bunch of lactic acid, what it, what you're saying is that your body is producing more. So it's in more anaerobic glycolysis than what your body can clear out. Now, if we're not talking about this, right? If we're not talking about lactate or anything like that, what's going to happen to our pyruvate? Where is he going to go next? Well, all right, well, fuck it. We'll just ruin the drawing. Um, if you guys notice, we have over here, right? Let's see that. Ah, ah, there it is. There it is. We have the mitochondria. So this guy is going to work his way past all these guys, and he's going to go in there. And he's actually going to go into the mitochondrial matrix here. All right. And NADH is going to go through some couple transactions and reactions. We'll go like that so you guys can see how crazy he is. And he is also going to end up in there. 
Now, guys, that is where I'm going to stop for part one. I will be filming part two right after this. So keep listening. But this is glycolysis. All right. So, yeah, that's that, folks. Boom. All right, guys. <clears throat> Welcome back to part two of the Vidya. Let's see, that I think is a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so now we just went over glycolysis, which is this dealio bob right here. And next we are going to talk over the TCA cycle. So let's go over glycolysis, which is what we just did. So pretty much we started with glucose, which is six carbons here. And we broke it up into two three carbon molecules called pyruvate. So we'll label that here so y'all know. Pyruvate. And this one is glucose. All right. Now during <clears throat> during this time when we took glucose into pyruvate, we made a net positive of two ATP and a net positive of two NADH. Now, ATP is going to be used right away to do whatever kind of cellular work that we need. And NADH is going to be a energy precursor that we need as well. And we're going to create a bunch more of this. Now, the green line right here, this is going to be the cellular membrane. And then the two red lines here, these are going to be the mitochondria. So this outer one is the outer mitochondrial membrane. This space in between these two here is going to be the inner membrane space. And where we're working on right here is the mitochondrial matrix. Okay. But when we ended off last time, we ended off right here with pyruvate. And now you guys see that we have a next step here. And this is called acetyl CoA. Acetyl CoA. All right, so that way it's less super chicken scratchy. That's better. There's a lot less glare there. Now, how are we going to get from pyruvate to acetyl-CoA? All right, so what we're going to do is, as you guys can see, we are going to lose a carbon here. All right, so we're going to have CO2 off. All right, so that's going to branch off. We're going to breathe that out. Now, also, we're going to add in a CoA because you guys can see this. And this is actually vitamin uh, pyridoxine, which is vitamin B5. So we're going to put a little five there so that you guys know. Because uh, this, like we talked about last time, a lot, this is really where we're going to see the necessity of the B vitamins specifically, but just vitamins and minerals in general. All right, because as we talk through the next step after this, we're going to see where minerals come into play, although they won't be described there as much. All right, and then also with this, we are going to have, again, we're going to create some more energy precursors. We're going to have NAD plus turn into NADH, okay? And so now if you guys remember, we created two of those up here and we're going again, going to be doing this twice. So we're going to have two of those, two of the coas, and two of those right there. All right. And now we are at this molecule acetyl-CoA. Okay. So this mo molecule now, acetyl-CoA can now pass through the mitochondrial membranes and it's going to join in with this molecule here, oxaloacetate. It, 
labeled OAA so that we don't have to write it out. And honestly, this is usually what it's written as anyways. Um, oxaloacetate is its full name, but OAA is what we're going to write it for. So we can see we have two carbons plus this is four carbons here. So we're going to shed off the CoA, right? That's going to leave. And again, that is B5. So you're right, a little, oh, microphone, what are you doing? All right, that should be better. Um, but B5 is there. And again, guys, this is niacin, right? So this NAD right here, this is niacin. And niacin is actually B3, okay? So just in this first step, right, before acetyl-CoA even gets into the cell, we have a whole lot that's going on here. We're going to expel out some carbon dioxide, which we're going to breathe out. So... <sighs> All right. Uh, and then we're going to also create some more energy precursors, the NADH. And we're also going to add in vitamin B5. Now, again, same as when we first started working with glucose and we had that phosphorus tag, we're going to work with vitamin B5 or CoA, which is pentathenic acid. Um, this is a derivative of that. So it's NAD and NADH. Uh, that is going to be a tag, so that can come in here. However, right away, we are going to get rid of it. And this is going to form with OAA and become citrate, okay? Now, citrate, as you guys can see, we are back up to a six-carbon molecule. So this is what is then going to move through. And just like before, guys, this is not necessarily like they're lining up to be right? It's going to go boom, the enzyme and the boom and the boom and the boom. Like it's not just in a line. This is kind of just like a big old soup. And once they ram into each other, uh, and once there's enough energy in that connection, we are then going to be able to have the reaction. These are just all of the different steps that we're going to go through in order to get there first. Now, citrate is then going to move into isocitrate. And this is going to change because we're just going to remove a little bit of water and we're pretty much just changing it out. So we'll write H2O and it's going to leave and then we're going to add it back. And that's why uh, citrate is going to be the way it is. All right. Now, or isocitrate, excuse me, it's still citrate, but again, we just kind of changed up some of these little guys up there, all these things that are attached to the carbons. Now, when we go in and we go from isocitrate to this molecule, you notice that we went from six carbons here, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, down to one, two, three, four, five. So that means we had to lose a CO2 over here, okay? So that means we're, again, going to have more carbon dioxide that we're going to breathe out. But also in this action, we're going to create more NADH, okay? So we have NADH or NAD plus, and we're going to go to NADH here, all right? And so we're going to create, again, another one of those energy precursors. And really, we're creating two of these because we have two things going through this, right? We create two acetyl-CoA, so everything goes through twice. Now, when we go through... Um, from alpha-ketoglutarate to succinyl-CoA, we have a lot of steps here. And I don't know if you guys notice, but hopefully it stays up there a little bit better. Maybe that'll be better. Um, 
this is going to start to look, this step here is going to start to look a lot like this step here. All right. So we're going to have to uh, first get rid of a CO2. Okay. And then we're then going to add in a CoA. All right. And remember, these are, so this is vitamin B3. This is B5 there. And we're also going to create another, uh, there we go, this color, NAD and NADH. NADH from NAD. Okay. So we're going to do that. And this is vitamin B3 here. Okay, so this step, you guys will notice, starts to look a lot like this step. That can help you be something that you remember, all right? And alpha-ketoglutarate, this is a pretty interesting... Mm. Are we doing this right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, guys. Um, alpha-ketoglutarate is a pretty interesting one uh, because there it can change in and out with a couple different amino acids. So glutamates can come into here, uh, as can some of these other ones, which we'll talk about more in a second. But, <clears throat> all right. So now we are down to succinyl-CoA, okay? So we're down from, we're back to the four carbons that we started with. And so we've shed off two carbon dioxide. We've created two more or four more NADH. And we are... We've added in CoA again after we got rid of it. All right. And again, this is vitamin B5 right there so that you guys know. Let's make that look like a five and not a six. That's terrible. Boom. Yeah, that's a lot better. Um, And so now we're going to go from succinyl-CoA. Again, we're kind of just going to change its structure. Really, we're just going to be dropping off this CoA here. So we're going to be going like... This boom CoA is now gone, but also what we're going to be doing is we're going to be forming a little bit of ATP in this step. And what color should we put this in? Uh, let's do. We'll do the dark green for ATP. Why not? But really, as we do this, we're going to have some inorganic phosphate come in. Okay. And again, this is just from other reactions, and we're going to have GEP. We should like wait, Zach. How are we creating ATP? We'll get there. GTP. Okay. And then that again looks terrible. I apologize for all of these stuff here, guys. There, let's do this. There we go. Okay, okay, okay. All right. And then uh from here, right? So we're going to GDP. And then this one is going to kind of come back here like this. We're gonna go like at that. So we're gonna take AD. P, and we're going to have it change into a TP. So look at that. We created more energy in this step uh, going from succinyl-CoA down to succinate. All right. So this is a pretty important step here. And all we had to do is we got rid of, again, that CoA, which is B5. So I want you guys to just really trying to emphasize all the places that we're seeing these B vitamins at. Because uh, as we go through this, we're going to see it even more. All right. And then from succinate, we're going to come down and here and we're going to form fumarate. Now, fumarate is an interesting one because we're actually going to introduce a brand new uh, vitamin to you guys. It is a derivative of vitamin 
B3, all right? F-A-B-H-2, all right? And so vitamin B, or excuse me, B2, not B3. We are nice in a B3. This is B2, all right? Would you look at that? Well, there it is. Now you can see it, no glare. So and what is going on here is really what we're doing is we're changing, we're stealing some electrons from this. They're adding on to here, and that's going to give us fumarate right here. And if you guys remember with NAD, Right, NAD, uh, start with a plus, which means we're uh, missing one. And then we had the plus here and the negative, the negative, right? And NAD stole all of this. So it became NADH plus H plus, right? And this is the same as that. Now, F it. Working so good. Working so good. Now, FAD is going to do similar, except it's just going to snag the whole thing. Okay. So we're going to go FAD and we're going to go plus, you know, plus, boom, minus, minus, right? And we got that whole little dealio bob. And then we're going to go FAD and it's going to say, yeet. Thank you. And now it's, it's H2, okay? So it's going to be much more memorable, uh, much, or excuse me, much less forgiving. Well, it's just going to steal the whole thing and we're not creating an acidic environment, right? Because remember, if we look at it, all of these, if you want to be the most accurate, my goodness, microphone holder, I need you to be better, okay? I need you to be better. Uh, all of these have an H plus with them where to go h plus h plus right so we're creating all of these extra hydrogen ions and it's going to become very acidic now uh fumarates to the next step is malate what again we're going to do is we're just going to input a little bit of good old h2o so this one is very similar to this state we're just kind of rearranging uh these ones but because we're doing a little bit more. It's not isofumarate, it is malate. And then from malate, we're gonna go back to oxaloacetate. And this one is quite a critical important step because we're gonna go write this so it looks good. And a B plus to N A D H plus H plus. All right. So now we're back here and we actually created another high energy uh, intermediate and electron acceptor. So this is really good. Okay. Now I want you guys to kind of come on back here and just take a look at this. Right. And now I can kind of bring this closer here. Um, work with me now, baby. Work with me. All right. There we go. Yeah. Maybe that'll work better for you. Anyways, uh, so I want you guys to look at this and really see what all did we form. So we started all the way up here with a glucose, right? And then we formed from glucose, we formed two molecules of pyruvate, which were both three carbon atoms. And that's what we started here. And while we were doing them, we formed two ATP and two NADH, which those are the electron acceptors, NADH. 
and ATP is going to do immediate work. Maybe it is build some protein. It's going, if we're in a muscle cell, maybe it's going to be uh, muscle contraction it's used for, or maybe those two are going to be used to run another unit of glycolysis. Because if we remember that glycolysis cost us to ATP molecules start. So we actually created four of them, but we had to spend two of them before we got the four. So we're only a net positive of two. And then from here, what we did is we got rid of one of the carbon dioxides. This gave us a little bit of time to free off. And really, because there's two of them, we got rid of two. All right, we created some NADH, which is another one of those electron acceptors. And really, we created two of them. All right, and then we also added in uh, CoA, which is pentothenic acid. And that got us in, so we got rid of it. Then we played with some water in this step. And we got rid of another carbon dioxide there. And really, this one is two carbon dioxides, right? Same with this over here. It's two carbon dioxides. And we create another energy intermediate. Uh, from here, we created the same thing. We added in back in that CoA, which, again, is vitamin B5. And this energy intermediate here, uh, NADH is niacin. So it's vitamin B3. And then after, once we got from succinyl-CoA to succinate, we actually created a couple bits of energy uh, and we also lost a CoA, which means we got rid of that B5. And all we had to do here was add in that inorganic phosphate. But between succinate and fumarate, though, we actually found out about a new vitamin that we need. And this is vitamin B2, aka riboflavin. All right. And riboflavin here is going to be another electron acceptor similar to uh, niacin derivative and FAD is just a derivative of uh, riboflavin. It goes down the pathway, makes a couple changes, and then boom, it is riboflavin. Then we add in some water. And before we finish to the start, we got one more NADH molecule out of the deal. Now, what all did we totally add up here? Let's see, we can put this in. We don't have a lot of red written here. So totally just inside the mitochondria, right? Which is where we're in. We created two ATP. There you go, plus two. NADH, we were plus six, right? Because we went through this whole thing twice for every one molecule of glucose. So we got two, four, and six. Awesome. And then we found out we made FADH2. And we made two of those, right? Right here. Because all of these we doubled. So we got two, 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 and two. All right, that one's supposed to be down here. Two. Boom. So that is that. Now we doubled all of these. So this is total. And then if we want, eventually we could count these out here, which is two, uh, four. So we could, we actually create 10 NADH and then two more ATP but those will be used. So we're really, at the end of the day, we create 10 NADH and two FAD, all right? Now, what we'll find out next is how much each one of these uh, molecules actually goes for. So the next part, guys, that we're gonna videotape here is the electron transport chain. And essentially what we're gonna be doing is this one is gonna get go and get used off somewhere, but these two, right? These two are electron acceptors. This and all of these hydrogens, right? Where do we get the hydrogen? Boom, we got boom right there. 
all of these are then going to then be further used. I'm not very happy with this microphone holder. I mean, I like it a lot better than what doing it beforehand. It's a little annoying, so I'm going to have to figure out how to make this better. Um, but, so we're going to take the NADH and the FADs and then the hydrogen ions, right, the hydride ions, and we're going to run them through the electron transport chain, which really is all about this space right here, this inner mitochondrial membrane and this inner mitochondrial uh, membrane space, okay? So this, all this space right there is what we're going to be doing in part three. And then you guys are really going to see where the money happens uh, when we create all this ATP. All right. So that'll be part three. Stay tuned because it'll be up next. Oh. <clears throat> okay, guys. So we are now going to cover. Let me move this. Over. There we go. That's better. So now we're going to go over part three, which is the. The electron transport chain. All right. And this is the final step to where we uh, have glucose that we have uh, digested. We stored it and now we're breaking it down and using it in our cells. This is the final pathway that we're going to go through in order to create energy, aka ATP. All right. So let's quick review what we've did. So I, what we've done already in this process. So we took glucose up here from the top into the blood and we put it into the cell right we can simulate that uh, bam now we're in the cell there that's a cell membrane so now we're in the cell and this is the mitochondria and this is the ims and this is the matrix all right so now we know kind of what the spaces are. And this is the inner membrane space. And this is the mitochondrial matrix, just so that you guys kind of get an idea. Anyways, we took glucose. We broke it into pyruvate. We got two NADH plus two ATP. Okay. I remember we actually formed four, but we had to spend two in order to get the four. So really we're a net positive of two. And then from pyruvate, we came down here to form acetyl-CoA. And we also lost a little uh, carbon dioxide there. So we're breathing out. And we got the acetyl-CoA here. Now the acetyl-CoA, this is where we ended off. Went into the TCA cycle and went down this, right? It formed with oxaloacetate. We got ended up six more NADHs and two more FADH2. Now, these molecules right here are what we're going to be spending the most of our time with. All right. Go ahead. H2. Okay. So this is kind of where they're going to start hanging out. Now, this one, this each kind of section here, these are called complexes. All right. So that means they are not just one protein, but they're actually a complex or a group of multiple proteins and this first one is complex one now nadh what it's going to do is we're actually going to basically do the reverse now it's going to become n a d plus okay well what are we going to do with all of those things so now remember we also have h plus here so that's what this but that means we're also missing some electrons okay 
So you're going to go here. Now this uh, complex one can't necessarily hold on to all the electrons for a long time. So what it's going to do is it's going to get excited via a whole bunch of redox reactions. Okay. And now how, what do we know? What are redox reactions? Uh, oil rig. I want you guys to remember this is just, I really got to work on my whiteboard skills, don't I? Um, oil rig. Okay. Basically this is tells you everything you need to know about a redox reaction in six letters and go just like any good mnemonic it is oxidation is loss, AKA loss of electrons. Reduction is gain. So we're gaining electrons. This is means oxidation is we're generally getting more positive in our electro charge and a reduction. It means we're generally getting more negative in our electric charge. Okay. Now, um, complex one can't really hold on to these too much. So what it's going to do, and also, uh, so what's going to do is it's going to pass these guys off here. And this is coenzyme Q10. All right. So we're going to write this as CoQ10 right there. And that's going to carry our electrons for a second. Now, while this is going on, if you guys notice, we have a whole bunch of, of H pluses here. All right. H plus plus right and why do we do that because we created six nadh and really we create 10 of them because these two are actually going to find their way into the mitochondria although we're not going to go over how they do that and so we have all and this is happening with all of them all right so we have all these h pluses going on and what they're going to do if you guys notice complex one here has this little channel all right and so these guys are going to go up and they're going to come into the inner mitochondria, inner membrane space. All right, and so we're going to lose a couple of them here. And now, so this membrane, as it gets excited, before it passes them on, it's going to pass them, it's going to shuttle these hydrogens through from the mitochondrial matrix into the inner membrane space, all right? Now, FAD, FAD is gonna hang out with what we call complex two, okay? Let's write this down here. Boom, bang. There we go. And FADH, he's going to do the same thing. He's going to go from FADH2. That's not going to sound real good on the voice recording. Um, there. To just FAD. All right. So he now has the same thing. We got all these extra hydrogens coming through. Right. Boom. Boom. Don't you, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? You were so good earlier today. Sorry, I know. I'm just being a little cuckoo talking to my microphone. And what he's going to do is when he does this is we're going to drop off these electrons. And so they're going to excite themselves and this molecule through these redox reactions, but he can't hold on to these for too long. So what we're going to do is we're going to give them up there to CoQ10. Okay. And the whole reason we can't do this is because if we have too many excited electrons for too long, we're going to get what's called oxidative stress. All right. And you guys have probably heard about this. It's the whole reason why we have to, we're supposed to take antioxidants, right? Vitamin C, glutathione, vitamin E, uh, all these different things, right? 
cherries are antioxidant, omega-3 fatty acids are antioxidants, all these things that you wouldn't really think uh, are going to help, but they do. And the reason being is because if we have too much, uh, too many excited electrons, we're actually going to damage the structures in here. Okay. And I want to give you guys a quick rationale as to what is actually happening in here. And that happens to be due to iron and copper. Now, these are two minerals. They're specifically trace minerals, okay? And they're actually what's causing the oxidation reduction reactions in here. So, but let's continue on. So now CoQ10, right? Coenzyme Q10 is got all these electrons and he's been working in the kitchen a long time. So he's can hold on to them for a while. He's got tougher hands than these guys. And we can also think about these as like hot potatoes. You know, these guys are kind of just playing hot potatoes. Well, now, even though he's been working on the kitchen a long time, he's got calloused hands. He's like, all right, dude, this potato's way too hot. Now I got two of them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to come here and I'm going to go like this. And this is uh, complex three. And he is going to do the same thing. But now if you guys notice... Right. Well, that's the wrong. There we go. Complex. Wow. I didn't even see that and I caught it. You guys see that? I mean, it was a little late on the catch, but I still caught it. Um, what you guys don't know is that now that he's getting excited, he also has this pump too, right? So we can take all these extra hydrogens that we didn't do that are still over here, right? Because these guys couldn't pump through complex two there's no channel for them to go through so now that we've excited complex three they're going to come up and now they are going here and so now we're getting rid of even more of these hydrogen atoms and we're starting to build up or ions excuse me and we're starting to build up a pretty high concentration of hydrogen inside the intermembrane uh, matrix now what does complex three do? Okay, so there's not a whole lot. So what he's going to do is he's actually going to take his electrons and he's going to be like, hey, buddy, you're getting too hot for me to handle. And he's going to send them up here to this guy. And this guy is cytochrome C. And now cytochrome C is going to do us a fine job of helping us out and holding these cytochrome C. There we go. Uh, and he's going to be holding these electrons for a little bit. However, just like CoQ10, he doesn't have the strongest hands. So then he's going to have to come and pass them down to this guy, right? And he's we're going to do the same thing. He's going to be getting excited. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and now we have these couple. Oh, I should tell you guys. This is complex four, right? Right here. And if you'll notice, we still have a couple of these hydrogen ions left, but now this guy's all jittery, right? So they're going to kind of get sucked in through here and the rest of the hydrogen ions that are remaining are going to follow suit, okay? So they're all going to go up H plus, H plus, and then we can kind of get rid of these, right? Boom, so now... Right, all the hydrogen ions are gone, and we have a ton up here, and we have very few down here, if any. Maybe like there's 
one left or whatever. So now what's going on, right, is we have a concentration gradient. And we have a whole bunch of positive charges. And eventually, guys, like these negative charges are going to start seeping kind of back into here. So we have these electrons. Um, but that's not really a big deal. So we have a whole bunch of hydrogen ions here. And now they, all of these are only one way, right? They only go this direction. They can't come back. So now we pumped them all up here and there's, we haven't found a channel here yet, but ah, don't fret. Look at, we are now getting to the spot where we have our final electron acceptor. And this is a really important one. And the molecule that we come back to is super basic. You guys are going to be crazy. But what is the final electron acceptor? Da -da 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 -da. Oxygen. Okay. Now we're going to do this in, let's do this in a better color. Uh, it's kind of gross, but we're going to do it in brown. And if you guys don't know, oxygen actually has a negative charge. So generally oxygen on its own has two extra electrons to it. So it has a negative two charge. Uh, that's pretty common for it. So it's basically what it's wanting is it wants to give these two electrons away. And if you guys notice this hydrogen has spot for one. But what do we create, right? If we take, oh, and we have two H's, what does this look like? Water, right? H2, oh, bingo, bango, bongo. So these guys are going to form together. Son of a biscuit cake. I couldn't even catch you there. Um, I apologize for you on audio feed. Figure out this tension, man. You just go there, man. like you just chill out, dude. Like I know you want to be. Anyways, now I'm talking to the fucking mic. How crazy do I look? Um, all right, we're gonna need a little space. I'm gonna change this here. So, oxygen has a negative two charge, right? So this is gonna come together, but where is it gonna go through? Well, we have this big protein complex here, and this is actually like way bigger here. I'm just not drawing this thing to scale. And so these guys are going to come in here and they're going to bind. And what that's going to do is them going in is actually going to take these and it's going to turn this thing exactly like a water turbine. Okay. And if you're thinking like, well, how does that going to work? You're forgetting that we still have to find, create ATP. So in all these other reactions, right, we create a bunch of ADP and there's a whole bunch of other reactions that did that and we have inorganic phosphate so now oxygen and hydrogen are coming through here because oxygen wants to or hydrogen wants to come down its concentration gradient and oxygen wants to follow right and especially because they want to bind but it's just randomly so they're going through so we're pulling it that's causing these turbines to spin it's literally spinning guys in fact this thing is this is called atp synthase right so we're synthesizing atp uh, this is spinning, it's estimated at 7,000 RPMs a second, all right, or revolutions a second, not RPMs a second, that doesn't even work. So this is rotating 7,000 times a second. And what that's going to do is that's going to create a force that actually draws in ADP and inorganic phosphate. And so what we're going to spit out here is we're going to spit out H2O. And then we're also going to spit out 
ATP. Look at that. That is crazy. So that is the whole reaction. We started all the way up here at the beginning of this episode. We went to pyruvate, went to acetyl-CoA, went to the tricarboxylic acid cycle. And these guys kind of came over here and did their thing. And then we went through the electron transport chain. And basically, we played hot potato with electrons the whole time. And then because of that, we pumped some hydrogen ions in between this little space. And then after doing that, like that created a flow. So now there's pressure and spun this turbine, uh, ATP synthase turbine, and it pumped in, uh, create water as a byproduct and a whole bunch of energy. Now, how much energy are we talking about? So I told you guys how fast it's creating, but that doesn't tell you guys how much energy we're creating per units of glucose, right? So I did tell you that all of these two are going to find their way back in the cell too, though we're not going to go over that today. So in grand total, we created 10 NAD and 2F or NADH, excuse me, and 2FADH2, all right? And 1NADH equals 3 ATP, okay? And 1FADH equals 2, uh, H2 equals 2 ATP, okay? So then we can do some idiot math here because we're all smart enough to do this. We're going to take 10 times 3, and that gets us 30, Right, and we're gonna take two times two, and that gets us four. So this is a net positive of four thirty-four ATP. And this is just for one molecule of glucose gets us thirty-four ATP. That's crazy. That is crazy. Now let's also go back through here. And let's look at where all of our vitamins are real fast. So this is three. Uh, we got uh, B1 in there. We got B1, two, three, and five. We have B2 here, right? So we got a whole lot of use for B vitamins. And now what really is the big use? Well, NAD is niacin and FAD is riboflavin. So these two right here, these are the energy currencies. Without these, we can't pass along electrons, which means we can't play hot potato with these different protein complexes, which means we can't pass them up here and start pushing this turbine to turn it, which means we're not going to create ATP. So what does this really mean, guys? So while one glucose is creating 10 molecules of NADH and 2-FAD, which means one molecule of glucose going through the glycolytic uh, anaerobic glycolysis. That's what this whole process is called. Creates 34 ATP. And all we had to pay was pay in to ATP, right? So we paid in to ATP and we made a net positive back of 34. So that's a huge return on a gain. What, what, what would that be? That'd be 16x return on your money if we were investing 16 X 1600% we're getting our money back. Now that's crazy. But the last thing, couple of last things I want to talk about here, how many molecules of glucose are in one gram of carbohydrates? Why well, I looked this up, there is 5,000 molecules of glucose in one gram of carbohydrates. So if we're looking at one molecule is creating 34, right? We'll say 3.35 to round up, make it nice and easy because this isn't 
always perfectly efficient. And we're multiplying that by 5,000. Okay. We're looking at uh, 70, 140. It's really like 18,000, right? Right. Right about, we'll say 18 and 19,000 molecules of ATP from one gram of carbohydrates. I got to make sure I'm not being stupid math here. I don't want to tell you guys the wrong information. Uh, let's see. 35, 34 times 5,000. Oh, goodness gracious. Excuse me. I I really was doing it. I got my decimals placed wrong. 170,000 molecules of ATP. I'm going to let that sit in and say it again. So one, right, one gram of glucose, which every molecule of glucose creates 34 ATP. And if there's 5,000 molecules of glucose in one gram, that means we're creating 170,000 molecules of ATP per gram of carbohydrates we consume. Now, I eat about 300 grams of carbohydrates a day, uh, maybe 350 sometimes. So if I already eat 300 grams of carbohydrates, that is 51 million ATP molecules. And that's just from carbs. We haven't even gone into fats. I didn't even talk about fats because fats come in really right here. Fats come in in acetyl-CoA. That's where that, you know, we break down fats, you get acetyl-CoA, and that's that's about five times the amount of energy density um, when we start breaking it down as carbohydrates are. You know, we're getting like 30 to 200 or 100 and some, excuse me, per ATP molecule. So like it's, it's a crazy energy return. But think about that, guys. From 300 grams carbohydrates, we could create... 51 million molecules of ATP. Now, what is required for that? What are all these little red numbers going on through here? What are they rep representing? Micronutrients, specifically vitamins, guys. This is vitamin B3 and vitamin B2, niacin and riboflavin, okay? If we did not have these, right? And also if we did not have vitamin B1 and B5, we couldn't do any of this, right? We may as well just go like, sublimey, bye-bye energy. It's all gone. I didn't eat my fruits and vegetables like grandmama told me to. It's gone. I didn't make, didn't make any energy. So, let, all right, we're going to turn this back here. We're going to go like this. So I feel like a real podcaster now. All right. Well, maybe not because it doesn't want to stick. Son of a biscuit tit. Stick, will you? You bastard. You're really making it hard to make my point right now. You know that? I know you're not even in it, a real thing. Whatever. But, guys, let that just be a lesson to you as to how important macro micronutrients are just to get the energy out of your micronutrients so if we don't eat our fruits and vegetables you're not going to get any energy out of them because you don't have the raw materials to digest it now if you guys remember once we, if we get a lot of acetyl coa built up right our body's like and this happens this is how we actually build fats uh, we'll go into this during the fat burning stage like how to lean out properly but if we have a buildup of acetyl-CoA 
what's going to happen is our body's going to be like, well, actually, we have too much energy to go around, and acetyl-CoA is not a stable molecule. So we may as well build it back up into fat so that we can store it long term. Well, we have a couple ways that we might have a buildup of acetyl-CoA. Number one is actually we just overate. All right, like that legit could be it. Uh, and number two could be <clears throat> the fact that we don't have enough vitamins and minerals in order to break down and actually extract the energy from the food that we're eating. Okay. So if we don't have those B vitamins specifically, right, they're the most directly involved, but actually there's a whole lot of pre and post steps to get all these intermediaries in there, right? Like I told you during the TCA cycle, we can actually feed in amino acids to different locations uh, and actually create energy that way. That's how ketogenics happen. And if we snap together a couple ketones, we can, or excuse me, a couple of acetyl-CoAs, we can create a ketone. What does that sound like? The ketogenic diet. But if we have too many of those, right, our body's actually just going to go back and it's going to build, literally build fat molecules because it has too much energy. So if we have too much buildup because we didn't eat enough of our fruits and vegetables, then we are going to have a buildup of fat. And here's how I'm going to tell you, and here's the real scary fact. So earlier I said that 60 to 70% of Americans are overweight or obese. And the vast majority, and I mean the vast majority of those people are not because they're not in that category because they're over overly muscled. They're in that category because they're actually overweight or they're actually obese. They have too much adiposity on them. And what is the number one correlating factor with obesity that we find, especially in the U.S.? Anybody got any guesses? I'm taking chances. No one? No guesses? It is malnutrition. Let me say that again. The number one thing that we find in obese communities, especially in the more uh, rural or inner city communities where they're poor especially, is we find malnutrition. But you're like, how the fuck can that happen? They're overweight and they're a bunch of fat asses. Well, I just showed you how. If you don't have the right fruits and vegetables or the right macro micronutrients, you physically don't have the hardware to digest the energy that you have, right? Like you just physically can't do it. It's not even if you work out too much or work out, right? It's not if you're in a caloric deficit, but if your body physically cannot burn it, you're not going to lose weight, right? And you're going to actually accumulate weight. I have had clients where we did not cut their calories at all. In fact, we kept them the exact same. But what we did was we added in a bunch of fruits and vegetables. And you want to know what happened? At the exact same caloric intake, exact same. They didn't change anything else. In fact, technically, they would have increased their caloric intake. They lost weight and they lost fat because they actually had the raw materials and the tools to turn their metabolism on. So if you don't have them, right, if you don't have the tools to burn calories, you're not going to. And in fact, you're going to store them. So guys, it is critically important. And I don't care if you like them, if you don't like them, there is a functional reason for them, especially if you're trying to be healthy. And it's not that having excess adiposity is bad. It's that we find with it 
all these other conditions, specifically that people who are fat don't have these nutrients. And if you don't have the nutrients, your body's not going to be able to function. Like, guys, if you are, especially if you're a woman and you're uh, overweight and you're anemic, not only are you going to be tired because your red blood cells aren't going to function, but also you're going to be tired because all those complex ones, two, three, and four, all of those are run by having iron or copper be oxidized and reduced over and over again, over and over again, oxidized, reduced, oxidized, reduced, oxidized, reduced. That's how they pass the electrons back and forth. So one gets oxidized, one gets reduced. And then they hot potato it to the next complex, oxidized, reduced, hot potato it to the next, oxidized, reduced. That is what's going on. So if we don't eat these and they only come from, right, fruits and vegetables, we're not going to be able to do this. And so if you're overweight and you're curious why you're tired all the time, why you get fatigued so fast, it's probably because you're not eating enough fruits and vegetables, guys. Now, speaking of, this is where I got my recipe from today. Uh, the Healthy and Homemade 2023 Nutrition and Fitness Calendar. Because you know we love it. And we're going to go, it is November, so we're going to go in here. All right, here is the uh, the recipe. Here's the picture of said recipe. All right? Yeah, there's a little extra added stuff there. But that's it. So what are we going to need, guys? Because I think we're done hearing me rant. Um, the last comment I'll make. Now that you guys know everything that I just told you, and you know the importance of the micronutrients, there is no excuse for you not to follow through. There is no justification. There is no rationale you can tell yourself other than you know what you were supposed to do and you did not do it. That's it. And every time, every time you make the choice to not eat a fruit or vegetable or you choose to eat something that's not healthy instead of a fruit or vegetable or to not include them or to not have any in the day, you can know that you now are acting against your best interest actively. And I do say that to kind of put some shame into you guys because at the state of America is in a little shame is not going to be a bad thing if it makes us better. I'm not saying you can't have your sweets. I'm not saying you can't have your favorite foods. I'm saying, but you need to eat more fruits and vegetables. If you don't, the problems that we have are only going to get worse. And we're only going to be more susceptible to future problems. So that is the episode. That is enough of my ranting. Hopefully this microphone stays up for another two minutes while I finish this episode. Uh, but let's get into the recipe. It looks like this. Ooh, ah, yummy. <laughs> what are the ingredients? So we're going to juice one orange and one lime. We're going to have two teaspoons. That's a little tea, okay, of garlic powder, one teaspoon of cumin, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of ground pepper, one half cup water, and the recipe calls for one three-pound pork roast, although you could do as little as one pound, but the nutrition facts are based off of three pounds. Then we're going to have one onion sliced up, okay? So aside from the pork roast and the onion, we're going to mix all those ingredients together. So the orange juice, the lime juice, the garlic, the cumin, the salt, the ground black pepper, and the water into a small bowl. 
Next, we're going to take our roasting pan, our slow roasting pan. We're going to give a nice little pss, 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 pss of nonstick spray. You could also do this in a crock pot, Yolks. So you could do this in a crock pot, and then it's not going to be such a big deal. You may not even have to have too much nonstick or any because you can get a crock pot liner. But once we do that, we get a little pss, pss, right? We're going to cut our pork roast into big chunks. This one suggests three by three inch chunks, although you are big kids and you wear big kid underwear. So you can put your pork into whatever size chunks you want. Uh, after that, we're going to put those chunks into the pan. We're then going to pour the juice over. It's going to be like... Uh, we're going to mix that up, give it a little, you know, a little good that going on. Uh, and we're going to put in our chopped up onions. We're going to slide that baby in smooth, right? As my grandpa would say when he was trying to be cool, give me some skin. Um, <laughs> that was like, son of a biscuit, titty. Uh, that was the corniest line I think I've ever said on this podcast. Give me some skin. Even the microphone, it was like, no, sir. And look, it wants to fall again. Um, but all right. Uh, then we're going to put it in the oven for a good six to eight hours at only 145 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's a very, very low temperature, very low and slow cooking dish. And after four, six to eight hours, we're going to shred that baby up and we're going to serve it. I would highly recommend you could also throw in some potatoes in there. Um, you could throw in what any other vegetables that you want as well. And then you pretty much just scoop it up and you have the dish all on its own. So that is a great option to do, guys. It's very seasonal. It is going to taste delicious. I promise you. I've done this before. I've done variations of this before. It is probably the easiest meal prep you can do or the easiest meal because you just do it in the morning and then boom, by the time you get home for dinner, it's all ready to go. So no, guys. That is the episode, and this is a new one, new style that we have done. Uh, we are back to the video. We have this microphone, which we'll see if this sticks. So, son of a biscuit. Guys. I was so close to feeling like a professional podcaster with it. We're going to have to figure that out. But it's the first episode I've recorded with it, so I'm not not too irritated. I could, worst case scenario, put it back in the box and get a new one. But I don't really want to do that. Anyways, back on topic, guys. If you found this episode useful, thought-provoking, funny, or just of value in any way, share this video and use it in your own life, guys. You know now, basically, the message of this video is to eat more fruits and vegetables. Now, let's real quick end it with how are you going to do that okay the big thing is that we need to be eating more in general all right more fruits and vegetables how do you do this and how can you get fruits and vegetables in every single meal that you eat in a month okay this is the last piece of ice and then we're done so you're going to pick one meal a day let's just say breakfast all right and for one week you're going to add a fruit or vegetable to breakfast every single day all right. Now week two, you're going to pick a second meal, let's say lunch, and you're going to add a fruit or vegetable to your lunch and breakfast now every single day for a week. Now week three, you're going to move down the line to your last meal of the day, which is dinner. 
and we're going to add a fruit or vegetable to that. Now, mind you, I said add a fruit or vegetable. I did not say take away anything. I said add a fruit or vegetable. And we're going to do that for three weeks. Then in week four, if you eat any snacks throughout the day, you're again going to add a fruit or vegetable to that meal. I caught it. Um, I think it's just because it's hanging from the top and not on the bottom. Anyways, we're going to figure this out, guys. So that is what you do, and that's how you make that happen. All right, now, when we do this, in four weeks, you've gone from potentially not having any fruits and vegetables in your diet at all to now having one for every single meal and snack of the day every single day of the week. It is low commitment. It is progressive. But over the time scale, it is incredibly fast. And guys, this is incredibly effective. I do this with all of my clients when looking for behavior change. And so you guys can do this as well. That, guys, is the end of the podcast for real. Uh, I'll be splicing these together so it's one coherent video. But with that, guys, go out, kick ass, and take names. And most importantly, do a motherfucker a favor and earn your good day. Peace.